Welcome to the Loss Adjuster's offices. Take a moment to settle into our space behind the doors of number 52 Eastern Street, beyond the vanishing present. We hide in plain sight. Feel free to investigate our offices. Just be sure to be watchful. Our inquiries deal with serious matters and substantial uncertainties. The surfaces you touch, the smells and sensations are real and to that extent continuous with the everyday space outside. However, in this same space, a number of fictional events have taken place. You are advised to remain conscious of the working of your own mind as it is in there, which may be in here, that such happenings are summoned to emerge. The core of our work is the attempt to quantify the manifold losses associated with Portland and the mortality the stone is formed of. In this way, in our estimation, it's physically comprised of the demise of prehistorical eras. Metaphorically, it embraces the death of the individuals and things it's shaped to memorialize. Practically, it sustains the displacement of large portions of itself. Additionally, the inhabitants of this office investigate other locations worldwide. And in general, a loss is satisfactorily adjusted for when counterbalanced by a presence. However, forgive us for jiggering and tweaking our findings to manage the magnitude of Portland's absences. At any one time, a minimum of five of us are employed in these offices. Many more auxiliary adjusters can be called upon. In the central windowless office, meetings are held, although here there are no desks or chairs amidst the peripheral hardware devices. The need to stand, we've concluded, also keeps our minds alert, reducing the chances of losing consciousness, the consequence of which would be one of us not being perceived, equating ultimately to a disappearance. During the destabilizing conjectures of our gatherings, we hold hands. Some of us find the low hum indicative of the reproductive capacity of the printers and copiers. As you will have noticed, there is a rectangular mirror carefully screwed in at an angle. It reflects the room's apparent redundancy. Straight on. Taking a paragraph in turn, interspersed with interpretation. In this case, the data we have under investigation is spoken aloud. Each adjuster taking a paragraph in turn, interspersed with interpretation. In this way, a compressed and layered history is formulated. Our projects are meticulously recorded filed away not as physical paperwork,
but in our collective minds. Loss adjusters any time might be found on a field trip, taking photographs of the quarried land and of the buildings made from it on the island and beyond. Crucially, we create material copies, actually printing the photographs of the construction of houses and spaces across Portland's disrupted landscape. These printed documents are material compensation for what is elsewhere. Did you notice the closed door that leads off the central corridor beside the front office? If it was open, it would allow you access to the flat upstairs. The flat above our offices. This is where our writer in residence has lived, but our paths have never crossed. Driven by a need for some physical confirmation of the writer's existence, we entered the apartment upstairs. We were drawn in particular, to the abandoned text on the desktop in her residence. We believe it is evident that she's complicit in her own movement towards disappearance. We deduce this is because she has attempted and inevitably failed to produce a book that is comprised only of end matter. We listen to Exhibit A, an audio file discovered among the residents' belongings. I'm here in my flat above the Lost Adjuster's office. I'm gonna go out. I have to go downstairs. I can't see anything the from door. down there. That leads me to their office. There's no other way out to the street. It's getting more difficult to go out and face the island. I've not got very far with the writing. The body matter should be missing, and if it is nothing, and the end matter is the book, then the book is nothing. I'm standing up again, and I'm backing away from the Sometimes I believe the stones are inside, making it impossible to think of anything else. I'm putting on my coat. Making my way. I step down the steps, closing the door again. That's when I saw the corpse. Now I'm walking slowly back up the stairs into the front. The body matter should be missing, and if it is nothing, and the end matter is the kitchen floor. I'm standing up again. I know the text will be composed under chapter titles that suggest a book solely comprised of end matter. In other words, it could be an epilogue, postscript, afterward, addenda, etc. The plan is for the shadowy quality of the works of the documentary vestiges to act as a memento to the missing body of the book. I'm standing up again. The unoccupied desks. Can go out and hooks and the blank. I have to go down the stairs and here's the cubby hole. Some photographs me to their office. There's no other way out to the street. It also occurs to me that end matter is most usually associated with non-fiction, so I can't even make it up.
her attempt to delete her story files, the fantasy of seeing a dead man, and the desire to forfeit the central mass of writing in pursuit of an impossible text are evidence that our writer in residence was cultivating loss. She appears to have produced a collection of narratives about characters situated right here on Portland, including her account of a gravedigger and the deviant daughters of a dead quarryman. We have recovered these stories from a deleted folder. You may choose to pursue us and the writer as we relocate ourselves further into the permanent beyond. End of part one. Press pause button now.